Welcome to the WCIA 3-in-1 podcast. Andy Olson here in Champaign. Brett Behrens joining us remotely, still in West Lafayette in Indiana. Mackey Arena, where Illinois on Tuesday night falls to Purdue 84-68 the final. Illinois, the big storyline going colder than the North Pole in the second half. Nothing falling for them as Jaden Ivey, uh, a potential uh, lottery draft pick in the NBA this upcoming season, I would say possibly top five. He played out of his mind in the second half, scored 22 of his 26 points. A really good game for him and for Illinois. It's the exact opposite, almost flipping roles as uh, from the last time out on Saturday against Indiana. And Brett, we'll, we'll send it to you. I think pe- what people want to know first is when Trent Frazier went down Un- after the under four timeout, what did you see when he came back on? Because it looked pretty scary there uh, for a second when he looked like he hurt his left knee pretty bad, but was able to shake it off at least a bit and get back on the court. Yeah, so he went down there, collided knees with Jay Nivey, and laid on the court for a little while. I think Brad Underwood was hoping he would bounce up. Uh, the trainer, Paul Schmidt, did not come out right away. Then Brad walked out onto the court, and he had to be helped off by Paul and a couple of teammates, and he sat on the bench, and it was interesting he did not go to the locker room, which I thought was uh, interesting in that sense because if he was, if it was that bad, they just would have taken him into the locker room. And he didn't do that, sat on the bench, seemed to be fine. We've seen this several times from Trent in his career where looks like it's a career-ending injury, and then he comes back into the game. And he said afterward, they, okay, let me put it this way, Andy. They gave us Trent in the post-game press conference, which tells me that he's going to be okay. They don't – allow guys to talk to the media afterwards generally if they're not okay uh you know and he came back into the game so all indications are he's going to be fine i just posted a a tweet on my account at wcia3 brett you can see that now uh, from trent he said he's going to be okay he wanted to exemplify to his teammates that he's tough that uh you know that they were okay in a sense that you know he said that he wanted to be able to uh, come back out and show his teammates what toughness is essentially paraphrasing his words there. Um, check that out on Twitter. You can see that there, but you know, for him, it was important to, to be a leader, set the tone for the Illini and, and to really come out and, and show, even though they were down double digits at that time and the game was already in hand, he wanted to come out and, and try and be tough and show that to his team. So uh, overall, just a really tough second half. I mean, for as good as the Illinois defense was on Jaden Ivey in the first, holding him to just four points, he puts up, 22 in the second to finish with 26 in a game high for Ivy. He was just really, really good, man. That's a next level player. That's what Brad Underwood said afterwards, that if you want to see a pro, that's what a pro looks like. That's what a pro does. I think he's a lottery pick. We talked about that on the pregame show with uh, Derek Piper. And, you know, he owned the second half. Uh, Overall, I thought if you're going to hold Zach Eady and Travion Williams to 23 points, you feel pretty good about that. Uh, Kofi puts up 18, and it's just one of those things where uh, a dude took over, and that's the difference in the game and a 16-point loss. Illinois outscored 48-30 to in the second half. I mean, Illinois has to be feeling pretty good going into halftime with the two-point lead. They didn't have the lead against Indiana. I was thinking at that point, you know, Illinois, it seems like it's kind of a second-half team, and, and I've showed that at points this season where they struggle somewhat in the first half and then come out in the second half stronger. Complete flip of the script uh, on <laughs> yeah. Tuesday evening, and they really were ice cold. They didn't make a three-pointer in the second half. 
until the very end when RJ Melendez hit his only shot from the outside. They had seven in the first half, Brett. Alfonso Plummer had 14 points for the game. All of those coming in the first half. And really, it wasn't just the defense that failed them. It seemed like in the second half where you know they let up 48 points, which is you're never going to win many games when that's happening. But even with them scoring 30, just the offense just was not working at certain points. It seemed like Purdue really had them figured out and gave them fits once you know they they realized that you shut down Plummer and you go after him and some of those other three-point shooters then Illinois they can't have Kofi Coper and do it all yeah and that's the really tough part about it is they made a conscious effort the first four minutes is we before we got to the under 16 timeout in the in the second half and that was some high-level basketball. You had both bigs back in the game, Edie and Coburn, and, and they were banging down the hole. That was fun, back and forth. And then after that, from about the 15-30 mark up until uh, really the game, but you know, I'd say the under 12 and then certainly the under 8, um, Purdue just took over, and Ivy took over essentially. I mean, you, when you hold Sasha Stefanovic to uh, you know, just seven points in the game, I feel pretty good about that. He three for 10, one from six from three. Um, but, you know, when you got your guy in the first half in Plummer, who was just electric, four for six from three in the first half, I mean, the dude couldn't miss. And then he just disappears in the second half, going 0 for two from three, didn't get a lot of shots, only took three second half shots. And I think they made some changes defensively to, to close out on Plummer. And then you just didn't have much around him there. Kofi four for eight in the second half. And, and that's, you know, pretty much it. Um, Melendez did have three field goals in there, but that, those seemed a little bit inconsequential in a sense. But I, I will give credit to R.J. Melendez. I mean, heck, Brad Underwood had Melendez, the true freshman guard, and Jaden Ivey at one point in this game, which kind of caught me by surprise. I was like, whoa. Uh, and it wasn't a switch. Like, that That was the plan for that possession. So, um, you know, there's some positive things to take away from this. But I guess my biggest thing for the Illini afterwards, and when we asked about, you know, hey, you're still in first place. You control your destiny. Now 10-3 and three with a three-way tie between Illinois and Wisconsin after the Badgers beat Michigan State in East Lansing today and now Purdue. You know, they're still okay. They know they're a good team. They're confident in that. And yet, you know, we lost to Purdue twice. Purdue's better than you at this point. And the biggest thing, Andy, I just hope that we get another Illinois-Purdue matchup in the Big Ten tournament. Wouldn't that be fun? I mean, it just – That'd be a great Man, these, these are high-level games. And – this place was so loud tonight. It's my favorite Big Ten arena, and it, it showed why tonight with the 14-plus thousand in here, just going absolutely crazy. I think this is the loudest venue in the Big Ten. Uh, Indiana's second, but this is close, and uh, it was a lot of fun in here tonight. Unfortunately, the Illini on the wrong end of things. I thought it was real fun that some of the Orange Crush members wore black to yeah. get into the student section at the very top, and then yeah. after Illinois makes the first bucket, they take all the black shirts off and they reveal the orange. I thought... That was really fun and fair play to them. Some of the seniors on this team had off nights in, in West Lafayette. I mean, DeMonte Williams, one of six, just three points. The made field goal, of course, was a three. Trent Frazier made a two-pointer, was one of seven. That's it. He has two points for the night. Jacob Brandison, three of eight, seven points. Andre Curbelo off the bench does play 21 minutes. He's got 15 points. Four of ten from the field, but was perfect from the free throw line, making all six attempts. Brett, what did you make of Curbelo's, not really his reintroduction introduction to the lineup, but it, it felt like he played a bigger role since coming off the health and safety protocols tonight than in the other games? 
Absolutely. Carbello played the most minutes at 21 since he's played since the first Purdue game back in the middle of January. So it's been 22 days since he's played this much, since he's scored this much, 15 points the most since that Purdue game as well. He goes four of 10, and, and I thought he was really efficient for most parts about it. Um, had a had a turnover in there that was – he just threw the ball away. I mean, it's, you know, that like, what are you doing there? Um but I think overall, uh, this was a really net positive game for Andre Curbelo and what he was able to do and show. And just playing that many minutes after back-to-back -back games where he played only 12 minutes, uh, he comes uh, into this one. And I thought he was uh, pretty good in, in a backup point guard role. I mean, he's not going to start. He's going to play off the bench. I know he's minus 16 on the court and his plus minus, which is not great. Um but I, I think you take this positively for what it is. I asked Brad Underwood specifically about Carbello after the game, and he said he just needs more practice time. He's only practiced five or six times all season. He's been on a treadmill a lot to try and get his conditioning back. And I think now that they've got a couple of days in here, maybe it almost helps them that they, they played today. Remember, this game was supposed to be played Thursday. So um, now they have some time here before Northwestern comes to Champaign and State Farm Center on Super Bowl Sunday where they can get him a little bit more practice time, get reset, and look, they, they know they were still confident afterwards. I mean, that was you know, one of my biggest takeaways is that the Illini were um, players and, and Brad Underwood still confident that they're a good team and that they are. Um, they just haven't found a way to beat top five teams yet in Arizona and Purdue. And that's going to be the next step if they want to make a deep march run uh, of this evolution of this team that you've got to go out and, and be able to compete and and uh, and hang late, especially with top five teams, because we've seen them do it in stretches against Arizona. And we've seen it the first time against Purdue, obviously in a double overtime game and you lose by 16 here tonight at Mackey. So they're close, but they're not at that level yet. And that's really the next step for this team. Illinois only out rebounded by three, 35 to 32. Brett, what did you make of what Brad Underwood said in the postgame press conference about the team getting soft uh, on rebounds? Yeah, we've seen that a little bit this season, and it kind of crept back in here the last couple of games. The rebounding numbers really haven't been great, and he, and he challenged his team once again to not be soft, and, and they got to do a better job on the boards. Um, you know, I thought turnovers hurt in the first half, but I think that uh, evened itself out. Both teams with nine turnovers in the game. And then fouling, I think, especially in the first half, they had a ton of fouls, um, and they got to learn how to not foul. This team's really going to take – um, that next step because I, I, they gave a lot of free throws to Purdue 12 personal fouls in the first half alone. And that's just not going to yield to very successful basketball in March. I, I don't, I don't believe so. I mean, they've got to be able to clean that up and they only had eight in the second half, but you've got to be able to, to defend without fouling and, and not give teams free throws because if, if you're just going to make it a free throw competition and that's something that Jaden Ivey is so good at, He's a very, very good free throw shooter. And if you're going to give free points, it's going to be really tough to, to win games in March. And um, Purdue goes 13 of 18 from the line. And, you know, it's essentially um, free, free money there for the Boilermakers. So that's, uh, that's tough. Yeah, Illinois got a lot of admirers, made a lot of admirers last week when they beat Wisconsin and Indiana to move all the way up to 13 in the polls. We'll see how many admirers they lose after this, because I saw that they, in some of the bracketology, were all the way up to a number three seed, which um, you know I think Illinois would that take. That seemed a little high to me. <laughs> yeah, it, it was a little high. I think that they can get to that point and play to that point, but 
this, winning this game against Purdue certainly would have helped that case. So we'll, we'll see how far they fall. They do have one more game this week before the next AP rankings come out next Monday. That's Sunday at home against Northwestern where they try and sweep the Wildcats. Uh, Brett, you already said it. Illinois still with their own destiny in their hands, but... As we kind of finish up our, our thoughts here, where do you think Illinois goes from here? Because they still have some tough road games left in the schedule. The rack is never an easy place to play in New Jersey. Jersey. Mike's Andy. Sorry, I, I'm stuck. I'm I'm still a Sears Tower guy too. So <laughs> exactly. I, I'm stuck. Hey, with don't call names. it the Willis Tower. Nobody no. calls it that. Uh, and, and then they go to Michigan State in Michigan as well. You do get Ohio State at home, but you know it's not an easy seven games for, uh, out from here, Brett. Yeah, it's not. You've got to take care of business against Northwestern on Sunday and it, it starts with that and look they're going to tell you they're going to take it one game at a time and that's what you got to do uh, February is a tough month and they got a lot of hard games I think they got the second toughest schedule in the Big Ten among the top five or six Big Ten teams left so th- it's going to be a challenge but you've got to win your home games and if they do that they're going to put themselves in a really good position the tough part about it is uh you don't get another chance at Purdue in the regular season. So you're 0-2 against them in a tiebreaker situation. The benefit is you only played Wisconsin once and you beat them. So, you know, you're, you're in a good spot there for that. I still think this team is a top-four team. I still think they're a Friday team in the Big Ten tournament, which is only going to help them try and get another Big Ten title and defend that tournament title. But, um, you know, right now they're behind Purdue, and Purdue's a better team than them. And, and they've shown that. So uh, Illinois is still really good. I think a three seed uh, is about the ceiling, maybe two. Um, I could maybe see them creep to the two line if they, if they were happen to win the Big Ten tournament and maybe beat Purdue. They have to win uh, out from in, here, I think. Yeah. Um, and I think, you know, if, if they did make a run in Indianapolis, that they could maybe put, uh, position themselves up to that. But I feel like a three is, is probably about the ceiling. If I had to peg it right now, Selection Sunday was this Sunday, I'd probably put them at about a four. I think that's fair. And one last question for you before I close this out here. Seven games left, three teams tied at 10-3. and three. How many losses is the Big Ten champion in the regular season going to have this year? I'm going to say four. Um, really? I think 16-4 and four will win the Big Ten title. I think that'll put it as a share. I think if, if, it, if someone wins out at seven straight here, um, they'll win it outright. But I think four will get Illinois a share. So if, if they go six and one down the stretch, which is going to be really tough to do, mm-hmm. don't don't get me wrong. Um, I think they'd be fortunate if they're fifteen and five to somehow sneak out a, a co-championship at that. But I'm going to put it at sixteen and four, which is what they were last year, and felt like they should have been co-champs. I think yeah, fifteen and five could certainly be possible. That's just two losses for the final seven games for any of these teams. So it's going to be really interesting to see how the Big Ten standings shake out from here on out. All right, that'll do it for us on the WCIA 3-in-1 podcast. He's Brett Behrens. I'm Andy Olson. Brett, safe travels back to Champaign. I know it's like only an hour and a half drive, so it shouldn't be too. It's not one of the worst drives we have to make. Uh, no, so, easiest drive out there, so oh, it's yeah. all good. Safe travels back, and you can check out all our content from the game highlights. Uh, Brad Underwood's complete post-game press conference on our socials, Twitter and Facebook, as well as WCIA.com. So be sure to check those out as well. So he's Brett. I'm Andy. Thanks for listening. Hope you enjoy the game. And we will see you next time on the WCIA 3-in-1 podcast.